Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of realeverything.com. I'm all about loving the skin you're in and being healthy inside and out. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne of thepaleomom.com. I believe that scientific literacy is the key to improving public health. Welcome to episode 432 of The Whole View whereby not only is it an upside down world, it is going to be incredibly awkward. But <laughs> I feel no, like not. I feel like that's part of the joy. I was just thinking about how one of the things that I'm grateful for is laughter. Like we want to talk about giving thanks this week. I know it's been a really tough year for everybody. Um but if you're listening to this podcast and then you have the means to listen to a podcast and the time to listen to a podcast. And that means we have much to be thankful for. There are a lot of people who don't have that um, this year or people who have lost their lives or, you know, I'm struggling with that this week. Uh, we thought we could focus on what we are grateful for. Um, and awkwardly, I told Sarah, I thought it would be good to, share with you one of the kind of meditative practices that I've come to adapt as being helpful. Oh my um, gosh, wait, wait, wait. I, I just know. Need to just say that sentence all over no, again. No, I can't so say gratifying. it again. I can't say it again. And the, like the it was, meditative practice that it was what? my idea. It's just <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. Honestly, my face is no, in my palm. I love it. I could not be more uncomfortable. But I wanted to share this though. As awkward as it is for me to admit that it's what I do, um, because I was so resistant for so long, because we have talked about this as being a struggle, and I wanted to share the things that I find work for me. Um, I cannot sit down and do a guided meditation. If you Google guided meditation, you will find many, many of those. And yeah. so if this works for you and you enjoy it, like dig deeper in and and find additional ways to do it. This is kind of like the light version. <laughs> this is I was going to say the cheaters version, but we're not cheating. This is going to still be incredibly helpful for you and maybe it will help you realize as it did for me that even just taking, you know, a couple of minutes to kind of calm your breathing and focus on the positive can have a huge impact on your overall well-being and health. Because as Sarah will tell well, you, the science supports. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's um, mindfulness practice has been, and, and all the different shades of mindfulness practice, right? It is not a um, sort of monochromatic um type of meditation, right? Mindfulness encompasses a, a huge range of different types of, of meditative techniques. Um, and they're, they're all very well studied. And we've talked about them on the show before in various contexts, but, you know, we understand that it's not just about mindset, but that it actually rewires the brain. It increases the connectivity between different areas of the brain. It reduces amygdala overactivation, which is part of the fight or flight response. It um, helps to regulate a whole pile of hormones, in including stress hormones. Like it's very well understood as a 
tool. And and some of um, the the mindfulness experts that I gravitate towards are the you know neuropsychiatrists, right? Neuroscientists who are studying the neurobiology of the impact of mindfulness. And I will I will add uh, um, before we get into this particular practice a plug for Dan Siegel's book, Mindsight, which is a really, really great place to start um, in terms of, of learning about mindfulness. Um, he makes it, I, I mean, he, he studies the science behind mindfulness and how it's actually impacting the brain as well as biological systems that are connected. Um, but he's, he's also sort of a leader in the secular version of, of mindfulness where it's divorced from right, traditional um, sort of uh, Tibetan type practices, right? Like we're not necessarily listening to Tibetan gongs as we're doing this, although that can be a really wonderful way to practice mindfulness. So it's- I'm going to pass on that, just FYI. You're going to pass on the Tibetan gongs. I got it. (laughs) Um, I happen to like the sound, Um, but it's not the only way that I practice mindfulness. Um, And so one of the things that um, Professor Siegel has done is he has really helped lead the research on the neurobiology as well as create a pile of like popular science books on mindfulness that make them really accessible. So the book that I would recommend starting with is Mindsight. He's also got a couple of great books um, on uh, teaching mindfulness to children of, of different ages. Um, so his one for young children is called The Whole Brain Child. And his one for teenagers is uh, has a title that I'm blanking on at the moment because it's called Brainstorm. It's called, yes, I believe it's called Brainstorm. Uh, we will double check those things and put it in the show notes for you. But Dan Siegel is, is my go-to on the science of mindfulness along with the practice of it. I love that. So I'm not reading those books, just FYI, but I love that you're sharing a scientific the, information. The audiobook versions <laughs> of them are excellent. I'm sure. Um, I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, moving right along. Um, I think for me, I came to this while I was making quiet time for myself. I wasn't actually incorporating the breathing until we got sick with the coronavirus and realizing what an impact it had on heart rate and um, the health of your lungs. Like it was one of the things I really focused on that I felt like I could control and manage during that time. And I have since continued to incorporate this as a stress relief process for um, my frequent anxiety and frustration in quarantine. And as we re-enter um, this epidemic um, for the winter in in ways in which we haven't really needed to be confined as much because it's darker outside and it's colder outside and all those things, I wanted to share this with you because it has been so incredibly helpful for me um, for a multitude of reasons. So um, with that, I am going to lead us in the most awkward... <laughs> Um, mindfulness, meditation, gratitude, breathing exercise, whatever you want to call it that makes you feel better. Um, 
so now I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, is this going to be like an ASMR thing as I breathe? Like, I haven't really thought this whole thing through, I guess. (laughs) Um, Listeners, listen, just thank you for your patience. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to ask you to breathe in slowly for a four count, hold it for a four count, and then exhale for an eight count. So the goal here is in doubling the amount of time that you're exhaling, you're you're mindfully slowing down and thinking about needing to slowly exhale. And I want you to cycle that three times. So breathe in slowly. Hold. Exhale. Keep exhaling. It takes a while for me to get into the really slow exhale after the slow breathing. We're going to cycle a couple of times. So breathe in. Hold. Exhale. Breathe in. Hold. Exhale. I hope that what you're doing as you're breathing in is to feel your chest rising and your lungs filling. So this time as you do it, I want you to breathe deeply as you inhale and really feel your lungs fill and continue to fill um, as you are holding it. You're going to feel full in your chest And then this time as you exhale, just allow your whole body to relax and to let go, not just of the air in your lungs, but of all of the stress and tension. Be aware of your posture. Um, I recognize you might be driving as you listen to this, so obviously that's a little more difficult, but you want to be sitting upright and you want to like feel your shoulders drop and your arms go loose a little bit. All of that tension is really held within our body posture. So let's do it one more time and be mindful of really like filling your lungs and letting go of your body when you do it. Breathe in. Hold. Exhale. So when I do this, I really just cycle a few times um, and it takes maybe two to five minutes, depending on how much I want. And I try to practice thinking about all the things that I'm grateful for as I'm doing it. Um, I'm grateful for all the parts of my body, all the parts of you as you're doing this, thinking about your heart, your lungs, your digestion, all the things that are happening in your body without you knowing. Just try to kind of melt into your own person and think about how you're just grateful to exist in that body in that moment. And tell your body that you love it. You have to mean it. Um, But sometimes faking it before you make it is okay. So, (laughs) you know, you're grateful for being able to do all of those things. Tell your body, I love you. Your body is whole. You are whole. Your body is a gift. It is a vessel for who you are and what you are. And I know that we all get hung up in our imperfections. So the more that you tell yourself, I am whole, 
I love myself. I love my body. My body is worthy of love. I am worthy of love. I am incredible, smart, kind, generous. All of the things that you can feel proud of, of what you are, think those things, say them out loud, whatever you want to do as you practice this breathing. It literally takes a couple of minutes. um, And it's really a way that you can honor yourself in a way that is helping your health. And it's, I know it's so ridiculous and silly for me sometimes, but literally within a couple of minutes, I'm a different person. Like the way that my body handles the stress and the, you know, Sarah just mentioned, if you want to learn more on the science of it, we have talked about on the podcast before, but you know, it's a great resource to look into, but there are so many things happening in your body as you do that breathing exercise and you give yourself affirmations of what's happening with the hormones and um, all of those kinds of things are just great. And see how quick that was? Look, we're, you know, it was awkward, but it wasn't like that weird, right? I mean, <laughs> well, and if if this isn't um, something that is accessible uh, to our listeners, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Wow, that's the most woo this podcast has ever been," um, it's not because it's science. But there are alternatives. So gratitude journaling is has also been shown to be very effective, and that can be as simple as um, you know keeping a. Uh, you can even do this digitally, right? You could, you can have a, a, you know, word document file or a Google drive file that, um, that you just put in, write one line of something that you're grateful for every day. I have a, um, gratitude jar, um, that once a year I get little, um, uh, usually little scraps of paper, and I've every, I try to every day write something that I'm grateful for that day. And some days it's something really general and some days it's something really specific and some days it's something about myself and some days it's something about my environment or my family or the people in my life. Um, and then I put it in that jar and then I watch the jar fill up throughout the year. Um, it, it's basically just about big enough to hold a year's worth of, of, gratitude expressed on little tiny pieces of paper. And so there's other ways to, to focus on gratitude, um, other than gratitude meditation and gratitude journaling sort of has separately been shown to be beneficial. Um, there's a, there's a lot of, I think, resilience that comes out of taking time to focus on positive things that we can appreciate, um, I think it's sort of a, I, I don't know if it's human nature so much as something to do with our society now where it gets really easy to get into this really negative thought cycle where we're like overly, we're worried about things, we're stressed about things. Um, and it's really easy to sort of focus on negative things in our life or in the world around us and not really stop to think about the the positives. And so um, gratitude journaling or gratitude meditation are, are ways of sort of breaking that negative thought cycle, being intentional about thinking about the positives. And what that ends up doing is bringing perspective. So we end up, um, we end up being able to see the negatives in the context of the positives, um, which can also then help transition to a more, 
uh, action-oriented, solution-oriented mindset, um, but even just more sort of like balance and perspective can be incredibly helpful. And especially, you know, this year has been, um, I think, challenging is an understatement. And so being able to adopt a practice like this, um, I know, you know, I've been practicing mindfulness for since I was 17 when I took my first yoga class. Um, uh, so, you know, just a couple of years and, um, and it's, it's something that the more I do and the more regularly I practice, the faster it is to get into that sort of calmer state, which means I can get a bigger effect for a shorter time commitment. So it's, it's really something that is worth integrating into daily life. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. I think that this idea of um, being aware of what you're grateful for is where I would like to take the conversation because here are some of the things I'm grateful for. Let's just start there. My patience. So I think oftentimes when we talk about gratefulness, we talk about it from the perspective of other people or other things in our lives. Um, But if you're here, you did hard work (laughs) this year. (laughs) This, This year was not easy. And you need to take a moment to be grateful for you because you did hard work and pat yourself on the back. The struggle is very real for all of us and you're doing awesome. Whatever you're doing, you're doing awesome. Um, For me, I am not um, inherently, I do not have infinite patience as a mother. I am a perfectionist. I am very like control freak. I'm very competitive. Um, And I have really good patience in short bursts. In fact, I think there was like a blooper earlier this year where Wesley interrupted me and um, I had patience and Sarah was like, I'm so proud of you for how you handled that. <laughs> and um, and that's the thing is in, in small things, I'm, I'd like to think that I'm very good at that. But all the time is not was not my plan. <laughs> like, And it's not a yeah. skill that I mastered. So um, it is something that I really was aware of and worked on this year. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I had as much patience as I feel like I did. And I'm sure that my kids will think back on 2020 and the times that I wasn't so patient. Um, but there were a few of them that I few of those kinds of moments that I feel like I had. And so I'm just, you know, I'm grateful for for everybody in the house for kind of like, working together on that as well. I think we've all needed to be patient. I mean, the the boys are bickering more often than they would, than they were, but they're also still spending time together. Like, I just think patience is one of those things that I try to be aware of as um, one of those nutrients that keeps getting depleted that I need to keep filling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to think of it. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh- you want to you want to like trade off and go yeah. something you're okay something you're grateful well, for because I I also started my list with something about myself as I was sort of thinking about uh, what I want to give thanks for this year and it was my own strength and resiliency which are you know they're very hard earned skills I mean um, that part of my personality was really forged. Uh, by autoimmune disease and mental illness in my family growing up. And, um, you know, a lot of the challenges that I uh, 
Um, some of which I, you know, I, I took on willingly and some, um, were sort of <laughs> dropped in front of me and, and I had sort of no choice but to navigate them and, and skill build. And this has been a year where my, um, ability to adapt and be resilient has been, um, really put to the test and it hasn't always been, oh, it hasn't been most of it hasn't been easy. Um, but as I think back on this past year, that's, that's part of, um, part of the skills that I have developed in response to challenges in my life that have really come in handy this year. And I have an immense amount of gratitude to that skill set that was allowed me to navigate this year, um, at least as, as well as I could. I think that's something absolutely to acknowledge and appreciate. Um, one of the things that I found myself saying over and over again to the boys um, and been acutely aware of and reminded myself um, actively about is that we changed our lives entirely 18 months to make this year possible in a way that wouldn't have been um manageable for us a couple of years ago. So listeners who, you know, have been here more than two years, I had a full-time job. I was, um, an, uh, executive in, uh, government consulting firm specializing in M&A. So I was basically like a very busy corporate lawyer, 60 to 80 hours a week. And then I also did all of my side hustle stuff on top of it. And had I still been doing all of that and needing to work from home and all the stuff in the house right now, I don't, I, I would have been challenged to be mentally well. <laughs> like it's, yeah. um, you know, I, I wasn't sleeping and I had so much anxiety and all that kind of stuff. And if I piled that on top of this year, it would not have gone over the way that coming into this year, feeling very like calm and balanced because I had really focused on on building that balance in my life in order to be healthier. Like I, I want to frame this for context for people like that was an intentional choice that I make that took years for us to kind of figure out and make sacrifices like, you know, Matt going back to work and um, driving used old cars and different kinds of things because we wanted to make it happen. And um, in doing so, we were able to take that summer off um, be between um, having left corporate America. Um, we went on a European vacation for almost three weeks. And then over the summer, we did like a road trip around the country. And that was kind of like our big, that was my dream when I was um, growing up as I wanted to do a cross-country road trip. And um, I had always said that we'd do it when Cole was old enough to drive so that we could have an extra driver. Mm -hmm. And boy, am I grateful we did it when we did. I mean, I, you know, I tell the boys all the time when we're just like doing our once a week outing to, you know, wherever it is that we're going. Um, and I'm like, gosh, I'm so grateful that we traveled last year, that we got to see so much of the country at a time when it was safe for us to go. And we didn't have the worries that we would have now if we tried to do anything. And that I have a job that allows that flexibility for me to be home or on the road or different kinds of things. Um, and it, I think it really kind of um, helped us be successful in 
being able to stay home for as long as we have without really feeling as boxed in as I think we would have prior to. Um, and then I'm, I'm really grateful that all of that being home in this flexible job has helped me to realize another goal and dream that I had for myself, which is to be a foster parent to, you know, bring foster children into our home for my family to be willing to go through that training and to, um, be excited to be a part of that with, was really my goal for myself, um, having had a mom who was adopted that, you know, I, I wanted to do this and that my family was willing and that we were able to make it work despite the challenges of, um, getting through that training and the approval process, um, during the pandemic, we were still able to do it. And we've, um, we have a pair of siblings actually coming in a couple of weeks for holiday respite. So, um, I'm, I'm really grateful that I've, able to give back in a way that fills my cup like that. I love that. Um, I have also, I've been saying for uh, most of this year, how much gratitude I have during this pandemic um, to a like rediscover a really good marriage. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of um, couples this year have, have found um, the amount of stress of the year, the amount of time together has been a real challenge. And not to say that it that we have been without similar challenges, but to, you know, get through this year and sort of uh, rediscover that one of the things that we've really enjoyed is actually that the pandemic has allowed us to have this huge amount of family time, some of it high quality family time. Um, and so, um, and so just, you know, one of the things that I've sort of said over and over again this year is how much gratitude I have towards my family and the age that my kids are right now. Um, I've sort of been, been saying, like, I love that they're old enough to be self-sufficient and interesting to be around while being young enough that neither one of them are whining that they can't spend time with their boyfriends. Um, but it it's it really has been um, – it's been a wonderful – a silver lining has been an opportunity to like really get to know my kids again at the year they are, that the age they are, they, um, I mean, they've, they've spent, we've spent so much more, more time together as a, as a family and they've, um, they've been really challenged in terms of their resiliency and adaptation this year. And they've really risen to the challenge. And I think, you know, given that my family has not, um, really other than walking the dog has not left the house in nine months. Um, the fact that we're all still enjoying spending time together, that we have interests in common, um, and that, um, and that we have a closeness that makes the time together better. Um, that is something I just, I have such immense, immense gratitude for. I think talking about the age of the kids is really um, something I hadn't considered in detail, but so true. Um, and I think there's challenges regardless, right? I can think about how if my kids were um, much, much younger, they might be taking naps and I wouldn't have to deal with the mm -hmm. virtual school situation and maybe that would be easier. Or, you know, if you... Um, but also presented many of its own challenges um, in not being able to kind of um, exercise those young kids, as I used yeah. to like to call it, um, 
or, you know, if, if your children are of that college age and you're feeling the empty nest being really empty, I could see that as being hard, but also, you know, easier that the kids aren't home, but presenting its own challenges with the safety of coming and going and all that stuff. I, I feel like there's positives and, and negatives in no matter what the ages are, but I like the idea of finding those positives of the age of your kids and um, mm-hmm. kind of leaning into that. I know for me, all of the boys being able to adapt to virtual school honestly better than I anticipated. Um, the two older boys who are the ones who get actual grades, the youngest is still in elementary school, so he doesn't get like letter grades, are both on honor roll. And that is something I'm really proud of and, and grateful for, that it did not go well for one of them in the beginning. It, it actually really did not go well. <laughs> but we, you know, like we are, um, I, I appreciate their honesty and openness and working together and all of that kind of stuff. And I think um, there isn't always harmony, like you said, but being able to um, come together on some of this stuff and seeing them still succeed. I'm not going to say thrive because I really don't think that any kids are thriving in this environment, but knowing that it's temporary, knowing that we can help them be the best that they can during this, just like we can be the best that we can because we're not thriving either as adults, right? But we, I think when everybody kind of acknowledges that we're in it together and we're just going to do the best that we can and know that it's temporary, it doesn't feel temporary, but it is. um, I think that's incredible. And I think I am grateful that the boys age, um, as you pointed out, their um, autonomy in that age has allowed me to continue to run my growing business despite the pandemic. I think that was kind of really hard for me in the beginning and finding a balance. And once we kind of got balanced, them being able to be successful and autonomous and respectful of, okay, mom's working. (laughs) Um, And knowing that they can ask me for time together, right? Like we play board games sometimes, or we have lunch together or whatever. I think finding that balance and knowing that I can continue to um, run a business, which is important for me from like a confidence perspective. I think like I am very rooted in um, my being goal oriented, right? And that kind of stuff. And I think if I would have had to give up on a lot of the goals that I'd set for myself at the beginning of the year, I think that would have been um, crushing in different ways more than kind of financial or whatever. Um, that said, <laughs> did you see the viral video of the woman who um, was like a bottle of wine in and found her um, goal list in like her journal from <gasps> the beginning of 2020? No, I didn't. Oh my gosh. We'll have to put a link in the show notes because I can't, I, I cannot do it justice. But she is like, you know, drinking wine and just repeating the lines of like what her goals are and just laughing out loud because it's like, <laughs> you know, travel more, you know, different things right. like that. And it's just, she's a comedian, but um, the way that it played out was super funny. So um, yeah, I think when you think about your goals for 2020 and where you are now, it's not... The result is not going to be like, yes, everything's exactly according to plan. Um, But that adaptation with the kids and their autonomy and still being able to do my stuff, it's, I don't know, there's, is there a word for that? Like just my needing my own independence and the boys being able to give that to me um, is, I'm grateful for. 
Yeah, I don't know if there's one word for it, but um, I actually have a very similar gratitude for my team because um, the trajectory that we were on in, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic basically was no longer possible. Um, and, you know, we had a whole pile of really cool plans. I mean, I was starting to prep uh, a live workshop to tour the country with, which was uh, not going to be a thing that was uh, going to be possible in 2020 at this point, it, hopefully at some point in 2021. But, um, but we ended up, you know, as a whole team having to really shift gears and adapt and, um, you know, try to look at, um, you know, what are these long-term goals and how can we still pro progress towards them? Um, but really just trying to, uh, yeah, it was like a shifting gears to try and, and keep things going with a whole pile of new challenges thrown, thrown in the, in the, uh, sort of running a small business works. And, um, my team absolutely rose to the challenge and helped fill in a lot of, um, you know, for me, um, having my kids, uh, going to school from home and having my husband work from home and then getting a puppy who I also have immense gratitude for, but who challenged my schedule a lot. You know, my team was able to fill in a lot of the gaps that, you know, suddenly needed to be filled in because I was suddenly balancing way more than I anticipated. Uh, I just kind of feel like the, you know, when you think of the job description that is mom, it really encompasses at least a dozen, a dozen different jobs. And then this year, I feel like it's two or three dozen jobs. And so, um, so I just have so much gratitude to Krissa, Nicole, Kirsten, Denise for, um, just the amazing, amazing contributions they've made. Um, and Natalie earlier in the year, um, just, just such a phenomenal cohesive team that, um, it's just been a, I mean, I just love working with these ladies and, um, and I love how, um, how our skill sets support each other's and, um, and what I'm able to do with their support is so much more than I could ever even think about doing on my own. It's, they're just such a wonderful team and I have so much gratitude for every single one of them and their talents and ideas and, um, and how hardworking they all are. And they're just, they're just awesome. And, um, I don't think my business would have survived this year without them. I think one of the things to also acknowledge is that it's not just about like us and our business and our teams. Like, as I was listening to you talk, I was thinking about all the things that you've done to maneuver, to be adaptable, to help those who are also home. And I think that's mm -hmm. one of the things that isn't necessarily like I'm grateful for, but I think is important and that I'm at least proud of. And I imagine our listeners are grateful for, which is the resources that, I mean, it was not in our podcast plan to do half a dozen COVID-19 shows, <laughs> but nope. um, I'm grateful, Sarah, for your research, for having done them and for, you know, the pivots that we made, not just for our own businesses, but for helping others 
learn and feel good in this new environment, right? Like, that's important. So I love that you also said your puppy because Penny is on my list. It was two years ago that Penny, um, we brought her home as an emotional support animal. We intentionally chose an animal for emotional support. And I do not think (laughs) that... um, I'll just say Penny has been incredible during this process and has intuitively known when she needed to help certain people at certain times. And um, if you have not listened to our puppy show, it was really an animals in general show, but we talked a lot about dogs in particular because there's a lot of science to support how helpful they are to health, um, to emotional well-being. And I definitely felt that from Penny this year. Yeah, I, um, I have, I think I've said about 17 times just in the last two weeks, <laughs> um, that I don't, I'd, I don't know how this year would have gone without Soka. Um, you know, she, I just, just that getting to start every morning with puppy cuddles and she, she's so excited to see me in the morning their tail is wagging so hard that her entire backside is wobbling back and forth so that she can't even walk in a straight line. She's like walks like a drunk because her tail's wagging so hard. And then when she wants to cuddle, she's like 45 pounds, but she thinks she's a lap dog. And she just tries to like melt into my body. And that that first like, you know, starting every morning with a cuddle like that is it's it's just it's like nothing else. That unconditional love. um, you know, the, the fun challenge of developing communication with her to, to train all these really fun, cool tricks that she's learned. Um, just the, the going for a hike every morning with her and spending every, you know, an hour first thing in the morning in the woods by myself with the dog has been, uh, so grounding for me. And, um, and as much as I'm, you know, still trying to, um, reestablish a new routine that fits, a dog into it. And, you know, sometimes it, it feels like a challenge. Um, I think just the, the serendipity of the, of the timing of, of bringing her home at the beginning of the pandemic, um, was, uh, was just amazing. And I, um, I, you know, and I love my cats too. I still love my cats. I am a cat person and a dog person. Let's, and a fish person. I'm meh on one of my cats, but it's okay. (laughs) Um, did I tell you that Matt has two alarms set in the morning? And one of those alarms is to hijack Penny, who likes to sleep. Um, like she spoons with me, even though I don't like to be touched. So she spoons with me. She always finds a way to like get onto my side of the bed in the middle of the night. And so Matt scoops her up and like wraps his arm around her in a snuggle, like in an embrace. Aww. For them both to kind of like calm and regulate before his second alarm of the day goes off 15 minutes later. So he has literally built Snuggling Penny into his schedule before work and has said that it has made like a huge difference in how he feels in the morning. So Mm -hmm. although Janine Garofalo said in the movie, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, you can love your pets, but don't love your pets. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know if we're like at that borderline, but it's helping him for sure. And honestly, I just, one of the things I am super grateful for is Matt's positive attitude. Um, you know, he struggles with seasonal depression and our seasonal affective disorder, as well as depression and um, a lot of things that could really be triggered by the isolating nature of 2020. But because of his job, he is so much more confident and he has joy in that work, knowing that he's helping people. Um, And as much as I am often resentful that he's not here or he's not helping me um, and all the things that, you know, for the last 20 years of our marriage, he has been and it's been quite an adjustment. Um, I know you're listening to this, Matt, so I will just tell you I am so grateful for your positive attitude and how much you are enjoying your job as a United States Postal Service delivery carrier, not just for yourself, but also, you know, to have someone who cares that much about others, to be willing to put himself on the front line and to um, be that person to deliver for others. And, um, you know, while I'm at it, I just also want to say how grateful I am for all the other frontline workers out there from the healthcare professionals to the janitors to the people who are delivering Instacart and, um, you know, Hungry Harvest and all the things to my door. Like, I am so, so grateful for um, everybody's flexibility in kind of changing what we needed in 2020 and and being willing to do that for others. Yeah, I put online shopping, Zoom and the internet on my gratitude list because <laughs> for sure. I just I just think about like how you know, we always draw these like comparisons between the COVID-19 pandemic and the Spanish flu in 1918 and just when I think about how much more isolating a stay-at-home order would have been before technology. I mean, before you could easily telephone somebody. And now we have so many different ways of staying in contact with our friends and our family. And it's, um, and the fact that the kids can, you know, go to school from home. Um, You know, Mira had a, a Zoom birthday party last week where she just played online games with her friends for a couple of hours. Um, and it, they had so much fun and we just, you know, in the invitation, we said like, we're, we're not, like no cake, no presents, right? No goodie bags. We're just going to play games and just be happy that it's someone's birthday. And it was, it was so wonderful. And we, we have that, um, option because of the technological advances of really like, it's really the last decade. Uh, if you think even of where online shopping was a decade ago, um, or um, internet tools or how common smartphones were. I didn't have a smartphone a decade ago. Um, and so that, um, that just how technology has um, allowed us to not be socially isolated while we're physically isolated. I just, you know, shout out to, uh, to tech. That's, that's, that's what I have to say. I agree. Um, <laughs> not just from like a technology perspective, but also like the, like, how would you get food? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't want to imagine. I don't, I don't want to imagine that. But, um, okay. 
So one of the things that I am grateful for, and honestly, I had this higher up in the list, but conversation took us in a different direction. But listeners, I'm grateful for you. I'm so, so grateful. Um, Not just that you're tuning in here today and in previous episodes, but you show up and support our businesses in our in our families in a way that Sarah and I never could have imagined years and years ago when we started this podcast. Um, you are tried and true. We jokingly call you the besties we've never met, but I just, I genuinely cannot express to you how very grateful I am for all of you who are here, who are a part of our communities. You are positive and you supported us not just, you know, from monetary and business perspective, which I can't thank you enough for, but for things like when we spoke out about how important Black Lives Matter is and how that is um, a health impact and that we as individuals felt it is important then and continues to be for us to talk about the differences in um, disparities and all of that kind of stuff. You showed up and you support the science, you support that kind of stuff. And I cannot tell you how wonderful it is to know that there is a community of people out there who are good people who are also influencing and being influenced um, in this circle of knowledge that we're sharing. And I just am so, so grateful for each and every one of you. Like I am not being hyperbolic. (laughs) I could not say it like big enough if you could see me like my hand talking and I'm just like, Uh, you know, overwhelmed with gratitude for this life that Sarah and I both have that would not exist without you. So thank you. Um, I think the term that we're looking for is like-minded individuals. Um, And this is, this is the thing that I'm always so grateful for um, the community that is built around this podcast Um, and our new Patreon family too, which is, um, really like just becoming such a a neat place to connect with, with listeners. Um, I actually grabbed a a comment from one of our um, Patreon family members, Devorah to, to read um, because um, I wanted to thank her for this comment. And I thought a gratitude podcast was the best place to do that. Um, So can I read it to you? Obviously I'm waiting. (laughs) Uh, so she writes, there's so much to say. I'll try to make it concise. I will start with this. The reason I joined Patreon was because I wanted to support you, period. You have both given me so much, more than I can put it into words. My heart feels it. I wanted to support you even monetarily with a small amount a month, and it really isn't a lot. The cost of feeding five kids in Africa, if you remember the commercial from when we were kids. As it turns out, I'm getting so much from the Patreon content, and I shouldn't be surprised, more frankness, honesty, and judgment-free commentary that continues to make me grow. I feel even more connected to you now. As you say, Stacy, I know we'd be besties if we could be. I call you guys my gurus, and my kids laugh. What are they, monks, they ask? Wishing you both health, safety, love, prosperity, kindness, nachas. I have no idea how to explain that in English. And continued personal growth. I encourage everyone who enjoys your podcast as much as I do to support you through Patreon, too. You deserve it. I'm blushing. Do you know what nachos are? No. Me neither. I, they're not nachos. Like, we're going to have no, to Google it. No, no, it has an A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should have Googled <sighs> it before I read it online. Maybe it's something dirty. I mean, 
feel good. That's I'm that's what my takeaway is. <laughs> okay. Is, oh, I'm so touched and I'm so grateful that um she's getting the value that we hope to provide um for our Patreon fam, which I am also so grateful for. Okay, I have one more. Okay, me too. I have one more too. It's a fun one though. Okay. <laughs> I am so grateful for two dishwashers and an updated kitchen because <laughs> the amount of home cooking that has happened in this house in the past year is nothing short of like restaurant level <laughs> cooking of food. It is the the dishwashing and the food making. I could tell you if you could hear my face. Um, I'm, you know, at that point where I'm like, I don't care. Whatever you find, it's left overnight again. Um. But instead, I'm going to approach it positively and say, I'm so grateful that we did that work on our kitchen a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago, and we now have space um, so that it doesn't feel as horrifying as it would feel in in that our original kitchen when we moved into this house was, you know, dark and outdated. So that's a biggie. You know what my biggie one is to end on? I'm grateful to you, Stacey. Oh. <laughs> um, and Matt and Moira, I, um, you know, this, um, producing this podcast with you, it's, it's not just that um, it's kept a friendship going that I think would have been easy in when life gets busy to sort of like fall out of touch and not talk for four months and then right reconnect at an event or you know whatever and instead we've been able to maintain this really close friendship in large part because um this podcast makes us talk every week um but it's it's because of that friendship it is such a joy and delight to produce this content with you um, and all of the work that Matt puts into to producing and editing the shows and making us sound smarter than we uh, necessarily would sound without Matt's efforts. Um, and I just, I, I really appreciate um, that you and I get to create these resources that were so aligned in our approach, even if we always aren't hundred percent on the same page. I think where we aren't makes it interesting and gives people different perspectives and, um, the mutual respect that we have for each other, I think is what makes this such a, a special resource that we've now been creating for eight and a half years. I, I think I did the math, right? Like it's just, it's, um, it's really wonderful to, to have this, um, thing that we get to make together every week I went from blushing to like uncomfortable like lump in the throat so thank (laughs) you so much I feel the same way about you and your team and not just this work that we do together but our um our text messages about work and not work and all the things that like Mm -hmm. you said I do think you know when you don't live close to someone if you don't have a reason to continue to connect um would not be what it is today to say for sure. So, um, and like I said, I, I am really grateful for your willingness to be flexible and, um, to be a voice in this community 
that you could have chosen to be silent because it's easier and it's better for business and all of the things that sometimes um, people do. And I think your willingness to stand up and do the right thing was kind of like a moment for me when I remember saying to Matt, like, I don't know what I'm going to do if Sarah doesn't feel the same way that I do about, you know, all the stuff that we were deciding, you know, I don't know, six months ago or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And having you come back and be like, of course, it was just like, this is, this is, this is like my other half. Like we're yin and yang and um, being able to be in business with someone who is lockstep. I mean, there are so many hardships on relationships after a tumultuous year. Um, I, I know so many people who've lost um, relationships that they had with people because of this year. And I do feel like it, honestly, it made are stronger. So I appreciate you calling that out. And I totally feel the same way. Uh, But I am going to thank you listeners once again for being here. I hope that you are um, able to have some time virtual, non-virtual, you know, whatever you're doing with your loved ones this holiday season, just definitely make some time for you. And um, if you're feeling overwhelmed later this winter and year, know that that breathing exercise is there for you. (laughs) Yeah, bookmark it. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Do you love the Whole View podcast? We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen and share a podcast with your friends and family. And did you know that you can now get exclusive behind-the-scenes content on Patreon for less than the price of an almond milk matcha a month? Your Patreon membership supports us and gets you access to a monthly bonus episode. But not for kids' ears, because our bonus content is explicit. You can find us as The Whole View on Patreon for our real, unfiltered thoughts on this week's episode. I'm going to just fix that, though. What'd I say? Um, You forgot the N in the word lungs. Well, it's not like I was going to say lugs. (laughs) But that would have been awesome if you just read it for exactly what it said. Fill your lugs with air. (laughs) Inhale deeply into your lugs. (coughs) Exhale your lugs. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.